And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American first perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 5 radio network. Streaming live on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. And visit the website at jimdawes.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can shoot me an email at at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That number again, 772-245-0750. Well, this is not what I signed up for. I can tell you that right now. The, uh, the administration, Trump, has signed off on a budget deal with Nancy and uh, and Mitch that'll raise spending next year by over $320 billion. Now, that's on top of the fact that the federal government, since the 2017 Tax Reform and Jobs Act, has brought in an extra trillion dollars a year. Yes, indeed, supply-side economics work. When you cut taxes, you increase economic activity, and increase the tax base. It has proven itself. And yet, our legislators in Washington, D.C. cannot restrain themselves from constantly raising spending. And they're going to spend not only the extra trillion dollars that came in as a result of the tax cuts, but another $320 billion on top of that. Yes, spending is going to go up by almost $1.5 trillion next year. And a big portion of that's going to go toward the military, which we already have a an oversized military for the current threats that exist in the world. We've got a, a military that was basically built during the old Cold War that anticipated fighting uh, a ground war in Europe and fighting a, a war on two fronts. Uh, We need to expand our Navy and our capacity on the high seas, but we we have already done that to the tune of $750 billion in the last budget. And on top of that, they're going to massively increase domestic spending to placate Nancy and Chuck so that they can pay off their uh, Democrat constituencies that are agitating for more free stuff. That's an absolute travesty. It is immoral what we're doing, passing our spending bills, the debt created by this, onto future generations that will be saddled with this burden from the very day they are born. They won't have the uh, options of um, spending on their own priorities because they will be paying off the debt that we have saddled them with. It's an absolute disgrace. And you'll recall that it was just a little more than a year ago that the president signed this disastrous omnibus spending bill that basically crippled his ability to secure the southern border because the uh, the Democrats had put all these poison pills in there that prevented him from building a wall or increasing detention space 
or doing anything else. And he said at the time, as a matter of national security, I've signed the omnibus spending bill. I say to Congress, I will never sign another bill like this again. To prevent this omnibus situation from ever happening, I'm calling on Congress to give me a line item veto. Ha, ha, ha. Every president in my lifetime has called for this line item veto. It was never going to happen. He knew it wasn't going to happen. And he declared back then that he would never sign another one of these bills. And yet here we are once again signing on to a increase in the debt limit, which is already at $22 trillion. That's $22,000 billion. And to be quite clear, this is a hole that this nation is unlikely to ever dig out of. I don't see how it is possible that we're going to ever pay down that $22 trillion and continue these uh, these entitlement programs that we've got going. And so the takeaway there is you need to put in emergency food supplies and water because at some point, and it's probably going to be during our lifetimes, this whole thing's going to come to a head and an economic collapse of the dollar will be inevitable. And none of this is necessary. It's not necessary in the least. The people would accept some spending cuts. Now, I know there are many special interests in Washington, D.C. that finance these re-election campaigns for the swamp that would scream like stuck pigs. But the people who pay the taxes, 81% of voters support a 5% spending cut. 5%. If you told the average family that they could stop living off of credit cards, if they just reduced their spending by 5%, of course they would do it. But this government just cannot stop not only uh, cutting the budget, but increasing it. I saw a study one time, I think it was by Rand Paul, that said if they just eliminated one cent out of every dollar spent in Washington, that within a couple of years, the budget would balance and we could begin paying down this massive debt that we have bequeathed to our children. It is absolutely immoral what's being done here. I've got a clip here from CBS News. President Trump and Democrats have reached a budget compromise. It isn't everything we hoped for, but it got through the debt ceiling. That's so important. We're not going to default on American securities. The two- well, maybe we ought to default on American securities, Larry Kudlow. Maybe at some point, the bankers that are uh, pushing for all of this profligate spending and this massive runaway debt, maybe the chicken should come home to roost for them. It is just beyond belief that they can't bring this massive runaway budget into alignment. Your deal suspends the debt ceiling, allowing the government to borrow more money and boost spending by $320 billion. The bill also increases overall government spending by a whopping 1.3. 
$7 trillion next year. Republicans can claim victory for military and border spending, while Democrats can tout spending on domestic programs. It's going to mean jobs for the American people. It's going to mean ladders up for the American people. It's going to mean some hope for the American people. Now there's Chuck Schumer praising this agreement because he's going to be able to to give more bennies to the Democrat constituencies that always want expanded government benefits. And, and acting like this is some great achievement. This is not a great achievement. Anytime you're living beyond your means and passing the debt that you're creating onto your children before they're even born, it is a, a, a national disgrace what's going on. And we didn't send Donald Trump to Washington, D.C. to participate in this national disgrace. In that CBS report, she points out that the president got some increased border spending, but I have searched high and low in this proposed budget deal to find out if this is going to fund any of the border wall or any of the other things that are necessary to secure the border, and I can't find any evidence of it. And I'm not surprised by that either, because both the Democrats, who love importing uh, new voters to displace the traditional American electorate, they want open borders. And the country club Republican Chamber of Commerce types, they want open borders because it, it drives down wages that they have to pay American workers. And I'm not on board with all of this uh, this cheerleading of Donald Trump if he's going to continue to act like the swamp creature we sent him to Washington, D.C. to drain the swamp, not, not become part of it. And, you know, this is the real weakness of a two-party system. You're limited to two choices. And the Democrats and the Republicans absolutely have the electoral system sewn up to even try to get on a ballot to challenge their duopoly is uh, is a Herculean feat that is almost impossible to accomplish. And so no matter who we vote for, if we vote for a Republican who promises to cut the bu- budget, we get even higher deficits. If we vote for a Democrat who promises to cut the budget, well, we would know they're, they're lying to begin with. The deal comes at the expense of the country's $22 trillion debt. Critics say it'll be future generations who pay the price if lawmakers don't get spending under control. It's a pretty good deal under the circumstances. That's the way I would put it. Oh, Larry Kudlow thinks it's a pretty good deal under the circumstances. It's not a good deal under any circumstances. It really wouldn't even take that much physical restraint to to not increase this budget by another $320 billion. You had a trillion dollars to work with. And yet here we are again, the swamp piling on, putting these, uh, these earmarks and all of these giveaways to their special interests. And as long as the Democrats get what they want and the Republicans get what they want, then they're perfectly willing to shaft the American taxpayer and future generations.
it's quite a little trick they've got there. They've got nobody in the room to represent the future generations to object to what's being done to them. It's disgraceful. We got to run out to a break. Stand by. Conservatives online. They're also manipulating their algorithms to interfere in the 2020 election. Meanwhile, big mobile companies are taking the proceeds from your mobile phone bill and funding leftist candidates and causes. This includes promoting illegal immigration, abortion, and gun control. You've got only one way to preserve the Constitution and the values that made this country great, and that's by sticking together. This means supporting each other's causes and companies. Leading the charge in this effort is veteran-led Patriot Mobile. With unlimited plans starting as low as $25 a month, you get the same crystal-clear nationwide service with a portion of your bill going to support the causes you believe in. Come on over to PatriotMobile.com today. Switching is easy, and you'll get a free month service when you use the promo code. Come on over. You do have a choice. Come on over today. PatriotMobile.com. That's PatriotMobile.com. Promo code. Come on over. Well, it turns out that this big nationwide roundup that the president advertised for uh, almost a month where they were going to, you know, he, he went on Twitter and said, we're going to begin deporting a million illegal aliens. And then that million uh, got down to, you know, several thousand. Then it finally came out that they were targeting 2,000 migrants who had already received deportation orders. They'd exhausted their due process, which they were not entitled to to begin with. And that they were going to target 2,000 migrants. And the president continued to let everybody know that these so-called roundups were, were coming and he had all the Democrats out there, including Nancy Pelosi, instructing the illegal aliens how to avoid arrest. And I said at the time that we weren't sure what the results of this were, that uh, ICE may be playing this close to the best. Well, it turns out that the crowing by the left-wing media was correct, that this whole uh, effort was a bust. Of the 2,000 migrants that were targeted, During these raids, a total of 35 were arrested. 35. That's the amount of illegal immigrants that walk across our southern border every probably five minutes. And the number might have been much higher if the the, uh, Democrats, including the highest-ranking Democrat in the nation, had not instructed uh, these illegals how to go about avoiding arrest if they had not been instructed on how to evade justice. But they were aided and abetted by the Democrat Party, and here we are, 35 total were arrested. Oh, man, it is really hard sometimes to to, uh, keep a positive attitude about this presidency. Totally incompetent in so many ways. Now, I believe that the president is a patriot. I believe his heart is in the right place. I don't think he's pulling the wool over people's eyes as uh, some other never-Trumpers would preach. But he is impulsive. He has a short attention span, and he really doesn't follow through. And you remember back in the campaign, he would say, why would you tell the enemies that you're coming when he was referring to the conflicts in the Middle East. Well, why would you tell migrants that you were targeting for deportation 
four weeks in advance that you were going to conduct these uh, these uh, enforcement actions and let them prepare for it. He wants to brag about the achievement before he is he has actually achieved anything. There's some good news on the front. Uh, at least it appears like good news at this point. ICE has uh, has changed uh, some of their administrative practices to allow them to uh, deport aliens without a court hearing that have been in the country less than two years. Uh, they were only enforcing this uh, this law that was one of their powers within 100 miles of the border. In other words, if a foreign national was able to sneak across the border and get at least 100 miles into the interior of the country, they were basically home free. If if they were caught through some sort of um, you know, job uh, enforcement action or they happened to be stumbled upon by ICE, then they would have the full panoply of due process that was available to them. But now that due process has been removed, and just like any illegal alien that's caught within 100 miles of the border that's been in the country less than two years, they will be processed administratively for deportation. And the ACLU is absolutely losing their minds with their you know rhetoric, uh, tearing families apart and... Uh, targeting minorities and all of this other claptrap. And if ICE actually exercises these uh, these new powers, it will be a good thing. But uh, to tell you the truth, we don't know if that'll happen or not. The president continues his uh, his attacks on uh, on the jihad squad. And uh, and they are playing right into it. AOC went on. Um, she she had some event where she was the keynote speaker. And after earlier in the day, declaring that uh, we are responsible for the health care of these migrant children for the rest of their lives, because you know we detained them. She went to this event and basically declared uh, exactly what they uh, they intend. It's the ability to move and be. It's the freedom to be, really, is what we're talking about. And I think that all people should be free to be here and in our communities. Now, this is an elected congresswoman. Everybody in the world has the freedom to be, she says. And part of that freedom to be is to be here in our communities. So it's basically just a way of uh, saying that she wants open borders. She doesn't want the traditional American nation to survive. Trump was meeting with the Pakistani premier at the White House, and I don't know why they continue to take these questions off topic. You're sitting there with the foreign head of state, and, you know, the president's ask, answering questions in the past. It's been about Stormy Daniels or or whatever, um, you know, embarrassing question Jim Acosta or the other White House press corps can come up with. And they asked Trump in the presence of the Pakistani premier 
about the Jihad Squad. I think they're very bad for our country. I, I really think they must hate our country. I think the, the four congressmen were talking about, uh, the congresswomen, uh, what they've said about Israel, what they've said about our country, uh, when they uh, talk about disgusting people, when they talk the way they talk, when the one mentioned that uh, brown people should speak for brown people and uh, Muslim people should speak for Muslim people. And you hear all this. It's not what our country is all about no i think they're very bad for our country i think they're very bad for the democrat party well they're bad for the country i don't think anything that's bad for the democrat party at this point is good for the country so we'll have to see how this all plays out in the 2020 election but you know he referred there to uh ayanna presley the freshman uh, representative from john kennedy's old congressional district saying that, uh, you know, she doesn't, we don't need any black people speaking without a black voice or any brown people speaking without a brown voice or any Muslims or any queer people speaking without a Muslim or queer voice. She's basically saying, if you're one of these people of color, like they like to call it, then you need to toe the party line. And if you don't, we're going to label you as a, a racist and a Nazi just right along with the other Trump supporters. They're having a, a fight over there at the uh, Democrat National Committee electing a new uh, chair. Of course, Tom Perez is going to be a shoe-in because he has locked down the, uh, the position. But uh, nevertheless, they're going through these m- motions. And you had, um, you know, uh, all sorts of people of color making their case that they should, uh, you know, be on the leadership team for the Democrat National Committee. And then they had this one white woman up on stage who basically, you know, had nothing to say because she is not of color, according to the, you know, Democrat playbook. So she went on and and, uh, and said that if she were elected, her job would be to tell other white people to shut the hell up. My job is to listen to the issues. My job is to listen and be a voice. And my job is to shut other white people down when they want to interrupt. My job is to shut other white people down when they want to say, oh, no, I'm not prejudiced. I'm a Democrat. I'm accepting. My job is to make sure that they get, that they have privilege. I am talking to people of color. Oh, my God. You know, if we had honest news media other than Fox News, and Fox News really doesn't go all in on exposing the Democrats. Maybe Tucker Carlson does. And to a lesser degree, Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity is so uh, locked down on his talking points on the Russiagate hoax that uh, he, he, you know, something has to be really big to catch his attention otherwise. But, you know, the the Republican National Committee needs to put that on a, a loop and make sure that they know what the Democrats have in mind is the role for white people. White people's job is to shut up, acknowledge their privilege, pay reparations, and pay the taxes to fund this massive uh, socialist welfare state that the, uh, the new Marxist Democrats have in mind for us.
AOC says they have the freedom to be, and they have the freedom to be here. It's the ability to move and be. It's the freedom to be, really, is what we're talking about. And I think that all people should be free to be here. To be. And in our communities. Here. In our communities. So we're the only nation that's not going to have borders. The rest of them can have borders. The United States is just going to be the big piggy bank until this $22 trillion debt comes home to roost. And then it'll all be over. we got to run out to a break. Stick with us for two messages on right now. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwanns.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. On the Mojo 5 radio network. So, Boris Johnson is now Prime Minister of Great Britain. Taking the place of the failed and utterly inept Theresa May. And now we're going to learn whether or not Boris Johnson is true to his uh, his advertising that he was, in fact, a supporter of Brexit and has not been co-opted by the globalists and the EU uh, disaster. And the, uh, the date that we will know this is October 31st. And they're going to have to decide whether or not they're willing to go ahead. So we're not going to have to wait long to see whether Boris Johnson is good for his word. Uh, there's every reason to doubt that he will, in fact, carry through on a hard Brexit come October 31st if he's unable to get a, um, well, if he's unable to allow the bureaucrats in Brussels at the EU to blackmail him into staying. Uh, the problem is, if he does that, if he tries to do what Theresa May did and uh, just keep kicking the can down the road, then Nigel Farage and the new um, Brexit party will punish him at the next election. Uh, I think the next scheduled election, they call it a by-election over there, is just a couple of years down the road. Now, they can, over in their parliamentary system, call for early elections. So if, uh, if a... Um, 
a government is looking for a vote of confidence from the voters or if they're riding high in the polls, they can call an early election and get another full term. But uh, I doubt that they're going to do that because uh, the Brexit party is waiting and ready if Boris Johnson tries to renege on his uh, promises to take Great Britain out of the EU. Um, I, I don't have a lot of faith to tell you the truth in Boris Johnson and especially in his parting words to Theresa May when he was, when the conservative party elected him, he made statements that sounded very much like, uh, one of these, uh, progressive Democrats that, uh, makes me wonder if he really has the uh, stones to do this. Uh, of course, You've got the globalists uh, out there predicting gloom and doom if um, if Great Britain leaves the EU on the so-called hard Brexit without negotiating a trade deal with the remainder of the EU, in other words, and just conduct their trade relationships based on uh, WTO rules. I don't think there's anything to that. Uh, they made these same claims of gloom and doom uh, at, prior to the referendum where the voters determined that they were going to leave the EU, and none of that ever materialized. They, it was said that the, the English economy would collapse and that the manufacturers would flee in droves and that the, uh, the sterling would collapse. All of these uh, predictions of uh, Armageddon, if the British voters voted to leave the EU, it never happened. They said, you know, if we elected Donald Trump, that the the uh, stock market would crash and we would enter into a Great Depression. Not only didn't that happen, just the opposite of that happened. They said that if uh, if the Brits voted to leave the EU, that the sterling would collapse and that uh, manufacturers would flee. None of that happened. They said that if uh, Donald Trump imposed tariffs on China that uh, the cost to American consumers would go through the roofs and it would uh, precipitate a recession. Again, it never happened. None of these global predictions of gloom and doom if we reject their policies ever come to pass. And really, uh, you know, these uh, so-called economic experts that uh, make these predictions that are being funded, by the way, by the globalists, They're wrong again and again and again, and yet they continue to be able to declare themselves experts in these matters and and be listened to. Being a globalist or being a neocon means never having to take uh, responsibility for your previous predictions or prescriptions. So Boris Johnson is now the head of the uh, EU party there in uh, Great Britain. And here's what he had to say. And I say, I say to all the doubters, dude, we are going to energize the country. We're going to get Brexit done on October the 31st. We're going to take advantage of all the opportunities that it will bring in a new spirit of can do. Dude, we're going to get it done. Oh, I sure hope so. Um. And I hope that other nations in the EU, like Italy and Poland and Hungary, maybe even Austria, uh, see that uh, nationalism is the best possible way to protect peace and prosperity for your people. And they use the EU as a model in order to uh, to walk away from this 
globalist Eurocrat experiment, failed experiment called the European Union. Stand by with me just a second while I play this message for you. Well, it's summertime, and that makes it wild rice salad season. Wild rice is one of the healthiest foods, and there's nothing better than a cold wild rice salad waiting in the fridge when you get home after a hard day's work. Buy a five-pound bag of any wild rice product, and you'll get a free one-pound bag of wild rice and eight of our best wild rice salad recipes from menostalgia.com. When you use the promo code FREERICE, Wild rice salads are great as a quick meal or as a tasty side dish when grilling outside. And we're sending enough recipes to have one in the fridge every day of the week. That promo code again is free rice, and it's good online, in person, or over the phone. Log on today at mojowildrice.com. That's mojowildrice.com. Or call them directly at 800-328-6731. That's 800-328-6731. So finally, the corrupt and highly conflicted special prosecutor, Robert Mueller, is going to testify in a joint session of the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees tomorrow. And and he's trying to make it as clear as possible going in that he is just going to read verbatim from his 400-page dossier, I like to call it the Mueller dossier, because it bears about as much... Uh, truth as as the Steele dossier, but uh, he he has said going in that he is going to stay confined to the so-called four corners of that report and refuse to answer any questions outside of that. Now, I don't know exactly how he's going to go before Congress and refuse to answer questions because he's not going to be able to plead the Fifth Amendment. He's not being prosecuted for anything, although some may argue that he should be. Um, there's this uh, deliberate uh, deliberation um, privilege that he may declare, which would be totally bogus. But I can tell you the Republicans on that committee are loaded for bear. Uh, They've been drugged through this for two and a half years, three years now. They have really only themselves to blame because uh, they allowed themselves to be snookered into sitting on their hands when Robert Mueller was appointed. But they've got some uh, some good questions uh, ready for them. Uh, one, the most important is, how in the world could you possibly accept this appointment? You're serious? The mentor of James Comey is going to investigate whether firing James Comey constituted a prosecutable obstruction of justice. It's an absolute joke. There's a bunch of other questions. Why didn't you look at the dossier? Why didn't you invest? Why didn't you uh, interview Julian Assange? Why didn't you ever look at the DNC servers? They go on and on. You've heard them ad infinitum. I'm sure you're tired of hearing it. The Democrats are going to do their best to try to uh, paint these these ten uh, instances that Andrew Weissman put together that uh, supposedly constituted obstruction of justice as uh, as some something that uh, you know is worthy of impeachment never mind the fact that none of those 10 instances ever actually accounted for any obstruction of justice what the democrats will be arguing is that they want attempted obstruction of justice into a crime that never happened and that's where we are now And you've got the Democrats, including Adam Schiff, out there trying to sort of downplay expectations because 
after two years of declaring that he had the proof to impeach the president and the president was going to go away to jail, he's left with uh, scraps, really. He's left with claiming that this uh, this bogus plea deal that the prosecutors in the Southern District of New York put together for um, Cohen for campaign finance violations are something that the president will be prosecuted for once he leaves office. And, of course, he wants him to leave office uh, in about 18 months. I don't believe that's going to happen. But even if he does, this campaign finance violation is bogus. And a judge recently determined that that was the case because he allowed for all of the papers to be published because it was clear that the Department of Justice does not have a prosecutable case there. And uh, here is Adam Schiff on one of the Sunday news shows that's on the uh, Face the Nation putting out his uh, his sort of his consolation prize to the to the uh, rabid Russia hoax um, adherents, people in Hollywood and the watchers of MSNBC, Rachel Maddow and her her viewers. He's trying to give them a consolation prize. Okay, we didn't have collusion. We didn't have conspiracy. We didn't have obstruction. We didn't really have anything to go on. But hey, this plea deal that uh, Michael Cohen put together for this campaign finance violation, once Trump leaves office, we're going to get him for that. Last year on this program, you said there was a very real prospect that on the day President Trump leaves office that he would be indicted. Uh, the Justice Department, you said, would do that. This week, the U.S. Attorney's Office in New York concluded its investigation into campaign finance, uh, and there were no charges there related to him. No charges. Does this prove your predictions wrong, that this case is closed? Uh, no, no, oh, no. no. Uh, of I mean, course it's been not. clear you know, from Bob Mueller that he felt, and the Justice Department feels bound by this Office of Legal Counsel opinion, that you can't indict a, a sitting president. Well, you can't indict a sitting president, but you can certainly refer charges to the DOJ. You can put together a sealed indictment until after he he leaves or, or bring charges. You can make the uh, case that an indictment is in order. You can't actually take the president into court, especially on some bogus stuff like this. But he is a essentially unindicted co-conspirator. He's been identified as individual one, as the person who directed Michael Cohen to commit this fraudulent campaign scheme. Uh, and I assume that all this means in terms of the Southern District of New York is that the case will be reopened when he leaves office, providing the statute of limitations has not run. That is the biggest bunch of bull, bull you will ever hear from an elected official. The truth of the matter is this whole case, this whole uh, fact pattern has already been litigated in the case of john edwards in a virginia courtroom and the court found that uh paying hush money to uh enter into a non-disclosure agreement is not a campaign expenditure and that was a case where my uh john edwards was in fact taking money from campaign contributors and spending it that way in this case Donald Trump was using his own money. And he had every reason to uh, to enter into a non-disclosure agreement with uh, Stormy Daniels, who was apparently blackmailing him. We don't know if this, uh, this supposed affair or the supposed uh, 
encounter ever happened. I, I tend to believe it didn't call me old-fashioned, but I, I, I tend to doubt the word of porn stars who have every reason to lie to raise their um, visibility, so to speak. I have every reason to doubt uh, Michael Avenatti, who is at this point probably going to spend at least 45 years in jail, if not the rest of his life. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to see something hilarious, go online and search uh, Michael Cohen news conference or um, Michael Avenatti news conference in his most recent news conference, where he's trying to gin up some sort of attention. Um, the camera pans back after he's through and the entire room is empty. Nobody believes this guy has any credibility whatsoever. But back to this campaign finance fraud that Schiff is out there. How You know, this, this guy's been lying for three years straight. He said he had the goods that was going to prove that Donald Trump uh, conspired with Vladimir Putin to steal the election. I wish I had the clip where uh, Adam Schiff was actually on the phone with what he believed to be uh, Russian sources claiming to have the goods on Donald Trump, where Adam Schiff was perfectly willing to to um, engage with them. So not only is he a liar, he's a hypocrite. Joe Jadinova took the whole uh, the whole precept apart when he appeared with uh, Greg Jarrett on Fox News. I learned today from a judge that uh, there aren't going to be any uh, criminal indictments related to campaign finance and the, the money, the so-called hush money that was, was paid. Um, and I have to assume, Joe, that's because, as you and I have long argued, you know, paying money in exchange for a non-disclosure agreement is not a crime. But the prosecutors in New York convinced Cohen to cop a plea to a non-crime. Well, the plea deal they made with Michael Cohen was basically a fraud. Uh, they knew that it wasn't a crime what he did. Uh, the president said, uh, let's have a settlement, pay it. That was perfectly legal, what the president instructed his attorney to do. Um, what's fascinating about it is, you will recall, right after that guilty plea, the prosecutors went out, held a big news conference, said that nobody was above the law. Uh, somebody on the Fox network, I think he's a former judge, said that it proved <laughs> conclusively that the president was an unindicted co-conspirator, which was claptrap of the first order. So now we have the case over. No more indictments. What it proved was that that news conference held by those prosecutors in the Southern District was a disgrace. It never should have happened. And you know what? Bill Barr told them, if you're going to continue to do stuff like this, you better have proof. And you know what? They haven't said or done a thing since Bill Barr became attorney general. I think those folks up in New York have figured out that Bill Barr is a real attorney general. Well, they may have, but uh, they need to go in there and clean house because the um, the wrongdoing, the uh, prosecutorial misconduct at the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York has been an absolute disgrace. They uh, they got right on board with Robert Mueller's uh, witch hunt and uh, and tried to carry it uh, one level further. And this uh, this bogus uh, plea deal with Michael Cohen to get him to try to plead to something that they could then use to target the president of the United States. 
as prosecutorial misconduct of the highest order. This this whole issue has been settled by the courts. It does not constitute campaign finance violation. And I know that they had Michael Cohen over a barrel. Lanny Davis, the Clinton's personal fixer, had marched him in there and said, well, what do we need to do to get a reduced sentence? Oh, you want me to plead guilty to a campaign finance violation that you can then use to smear the president? Okay, I'll do that. Anything else you want me to do? It's really unbelievable. The, uh, the whole office needs to be broken up and reconstituted. But it's going to be hilarious to watch these, um, these hearings, uh, this hearing tomorrow. It starts at 8.30 a.m. And Robert Mueller is not a terribly articulate fellow to begin with. He's a terrible liar. It shows all over his face. I wish that there would be a, a scroll at the bottom of the screen that would just uh, catalog all his uh, wrongdoing in the years before. You know, they, they tried to lead us to believe that he's a man of the highest integrity and moral rectitude. Nothing could be further from the truth. He sent people to jail that he knew for a fact was innocent. He's tried to hide the wrongdoing in the uh, the, the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office in Boston when they let Whitey Bulger get away with murder, literally get away with murder, to hide the fact that they were using, well, I say they were using him, but he was using them to further his criminal activities and the, uh, the Cherry Hill gang there. I think I've got that right, Cherry Hill gang. He, um, he sent four men to jail, one of which died in jail, that he knew for a fact was innocent. He was one of the, um, he was head of the FBI when he testified before uh, Congress and helped lead us into the debacle in Iraq based on false claims of uh, weapons of mass destruction. He blew the... Um, anthrax investigation ruined uh, ruined that guy's life. He ended up committing suicide. Robert Mueller is anything but a paragon of virtue. He's been a disaster and has showed again and again that he's willing to engage in prosecutorial misconduct. Sorry about that scam, likely. But all of this has really got the uh, the the Trump haters uh, in a a state of derangement at this point. Trump derangement syndrome. And you got old Mika and Joe over there at MSNBC that basically at this point are howling at the moon. They have absolutely lost their mind that this guy uh, Trump has stood up to this constant barrage of attacks from the uh, the left and their mouthpieces in the media. Down in Georgia, you've got this Democrat legislature, legislator, vice chairman of the House Democrat Caucus in Georgia, orchestrating a, um, a hate crime hoax, basically, where she's accusing the white guy of... Um, telling her to go back, you know, because she wants to throw in with the jihad squad. So a guy went, uh, told her to go back when she 
uh, violated the rules and the express lane checkout at a local Publix. Here she is uh, on Twitter claiming this is all uh, uh, Donald Trump's fault. People are getting really out of control with this. With this white privilege. And this white man comes up to me and says, you lazy son of a bitch. The hate is real. And for that white man to come up to me and call me a son of a bitch and lazy and go back where I came from because he had a couple items that he wanted to get in front of me. And he said, I had 20 items in a 10 item line. What will make you that angry to yell at somebody like that? Y'all see Elon Omar and y'all see all this stuff about center back and stuff like that. But it's getting out of control. There's so much hate in this world and it's being incited by our president every single day. She thought she was going to get her 15 minutes of fame because she got called out for violating the express lane at the Publix. Took to Twitter and turned into one of these cry bullies that you see from the left. And if you ever seen any videos of Erica Thomas, she is anything but one of these uh, weeping, um, shrinking violets. You can go on uh, online and see her with bullhorns standing on the steps of the Georgia Capitol, making accusations against everybody, declaring that she's ready to fight. And that is totally out of character with her. But she thought she was going to put together a little psychodrama in which to smear Trump until, of course, the guy, the white guy that she referred to, showed up at her news conference where she was really going to leverage this thing for national media. And he shows up, and guess what? He's Hispanic, and he's a Democrat. And he says he said no none of the things that he was accused of that he never told her to go back. And then the prospect of the videotape, because this happened at a Publix, and the cash registers are all monitored by cameras. Then she starts changing her story. He said, he said, go back, you know, those types of words. I don't want to say, he, he said, go back to your country or go back to where he came from. But he was making those types of references is what I remember. Oh, he was making those types of references is what I remember. Well, it turns out that they've done some uh, investigating and uh, they interviewed the cashier. And while the cashier doesn't want to get involved, the cashier did offer that, I don't remember him making any statement like that. If he did, I didn't hear it. So it's another hate hoax. It's another joke. But the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Guardian, all of these papers led the story with a a white Trump supporter told a Georgia uh, representative to go back where she came from. They never printed any retractions. They never printed any corrections. You have to go down 14 paragraphs in the case of the New York Times to find out that uh, the guy that's accused of this denied it. And oh, by the way, he's a never-Trumper. His social media is full of support for AOC and, uh, and hatred for Trump. It's an absolute joke. And they're what they're doing is they're 
they're whipping up a frenzy against this president based on lies. And now, yesterday I played you a clip of John Tester, a senator from Montana, no less, that is advocating punching the president in the face. I don't think uh, even in states where Donald Trump won big that it does you any good running away from Donald Trump. I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. Need to go back and punch him in the face. That is a U.S. senator. Now, you could say he's speaking, you know, uh, he, he doesn't actually mean punch in the face. He means it in, not in the literal sense. But when you're a United States senator, you're supposed to be more temperate with your words. You don't see uh, Donald Trump saying punch John Tester in the face to defeat him at the polls. And old Spartacus, Cory Booker himself, he's not going to let, he's a senator from New Jersey, if you're not aware, Spartacus is. He's not going to let John Tester outdo him. Donald Trump is a guy who, you understand, he hurts you. And, you, and my testosterone sometimes makes me want to uh, uh, feel like punching him, and uh, which would be bad for this elderly, out-of-shape man that he is yeah. if I did that. Elderly, out-of-shape man. Well, he is elderly. He's, uh, he's in his uh, mid-70s. And to have a guy in his 40s, uh, you know, uh, going on national TV, threatening to punch him. And, the, and this is the president of the United States. I want to know. Why the Secret Service isn't sitting in the waiting room of these uh, senators' offices asking them just what exactly they think they're doing inciting uh, inciting violence against this president. And this, in this case, this is not a hypothetical situation. You actually have an organization, Antifa, out there in the street that's purpose is to follow up on these types of incitements. But you won't hear the media calling out John Tester or Spartacus Cory Booker, oh no, they're too busy chasing hate hoaxes down in Mableton, Georgia. Oh man, oh man, tomorrow's going to be a great show. We're going to take this Mueller testimony apart piece by piece. I hope you'll join us then. I also want to tell you what happened uh, up in New York City with a, a blatant attack on videotape on the cops. Nothing happened to him. Be sure to join us then right here on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.